Welcome to Nerd Talk, the podcast that talks about everything nerdy. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and each week, me and my friends will be discussing some of our favorite topics. We're talking superheroes, Star Wars, Pokemon, Harry Potter, and that's just to name a few. You don't want to miss out on this because this is Nerd Talk. Hey guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk with Jordan Halstead. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead. Today with me, I've got not one, not two, but three awesome guests with me, Micah, Will, and Amanda. Amanda, this is your first time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So as we have new guests, we like to ask this, the simple question, what got you into the world of nerd? Well, I think I kind of began there from birth. Uh, my mom was super into Disney. So from a baby, I was I'm a total Disney nerd. Um, but as a kid, I used to play Ninja Turtles with my two cousins, Josh yes. and Matthew. And they would each get to be two turtles. And I had to be April all the time. <laughs> and they would then rescue me from different situations. So... Um, and then as probably around that same era, I watched um, the original Batman with Adam West where they're like, holy geography, Batman. And um, I wanted to be Catwoman so badly. Um, and then I guess when I got a little bit older, my mom took me to see the Star Wars when they were re-released in the theaters. And I was introduced to Han Solo and my fate was sealed. And um Yep. Super into Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, um, Harry Potter, Marvel, DC, everything. So that's fantastic. Now you also cat or uh, cosplay, uh, right? So who do you cosplay as? Um, so it's cosplay as Agent Petty, Peggy Carter um, and Captain Carter now. That's so, awesome. But lots of ideas for future ones oh, yeah. too. Yeah, fantastic. I, just, I, I, I can't compare to Harrison Ford. But I always did uh, tell my mom I was going to get April O'Neil or the Pink Ranger, and I think I well, you just got April there. right there. So for those yeah, of I, you, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. So for all of our listeners out there, uh, Amanda and Will are dating, um, and so that way uh, you know who who we're talking with uh, today. So yep, yep. we're moving forward into today's topic: uh, Marvel's The Eternals. This came out two weeks ago. Um, we're really excited about this episode um, because this is there's a lot of controversy on this film leading up into it. Um, and so over this film, understand that there's going to be a lot of uh, controversy. Um, there's going to be different opinions, but there's going to be a lot of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, make sure you either turn it off, go see it, and then come back. And then you hear our thoughts or just live it up with the spoilers. So we're going to go ahead and hop on in. With all the controversy, guys, do you think that the critics were a bit rough on this film? Why or why not? And let's start with Amanda. Um, so I don't read a lot of the controversy um, or a lot of the news. Uh, I hear a lot of it from Will. So I, I watched the movie. I enjoyed it. I know there was some controversy around it. I'm not entirely sure of all of it. But I thought I thought it was well done. Um, so I, I don't know why it has such a terrible score on like Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's easy for people to hate on superhero movies and things like that. But I thought, you know, the cinematography was great. The storyline was great. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'm not really sure where some of those critiques come from necessarily. Yeah. All right. Now, I guess I'll take it from there. Um, but 
I, I don't think the uh, critics got it right on this one. I, I mean, what, there's like 20, 30, oh, there's like 25, 30 of these movies almost at this point. So many Marvel properties that not all of them are going to be like 10 out of 10 home runs. But like, this is still pretty competent. And I, I think a lot of the, uh, the criticism comes from either one, uh, we have a not completely white cast like Cap, Iron Man, and Thor. I mean, it. I think that's part of it, but I, that's totally unfair to that cast. They all knocked it out of the park, especially Kingo, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, I think the other thing was maybe changing Ajax's gender, uh, but Sama Hayek did a brilliant job. I, I mean, they're eternal uh, robot god people. Who who cares at this point if it's male or female? They're robot be- or immortals, oh, right? Ajax was male in the comics? Yes. Oh. Yep, sorry. Surprise! And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 yeah, surprise! And Kingo uh, in the comics, uh, they changed him. Uh, he was like a samurai, more Japanese-esque, but not. they changed him to mm-hmm. Indian um and then i mean we still got richard madden there if you want that representation for a white dude in there but i mean with some other stuff i think i can see maybe critics getting mad that the one white guy turns under uh evil because he's dedicated to the mission later and then and the other controversy i think is coming up is the gay relationship with fastos and his husband and, and son and honestly i don't think because we talked about that in our speculation video uh how it, like we didn't want it how you didn't want it in your face and i think it was just perfectly fine like it was a healthy relationship it gave fastos more of a reason to fight against icarus and everybody towards the end and save the world from the emergence and it was a i i I don't think any of the controversy is deserved I, i i mean it doesn't deserve to be rotten. I would say a good seven it deserves a seven or a 70 percent on rotten tomatoes not this 58 nonsense that we're getting I think I'm going to play off that real quick. I think that the controversy was not just that. It was, you know, I, I was talking with someone the other night um, about this film. And, and when I started to think about it, you know, homosexuality, we're trying to normalize it here in the United States. We're trying to normalize this thought process. But how long has humanity been on Earth? And this is not a bash at, hum- or at homosexuality. Um, but when it's not normalized and we've been around for seven, six thousand years, something like that. Um, with humanity, recorded humanity, well, it's it's not been normalized, so there's a, a social problem with this. Um, and I know that there's countries uh, like Saudi Arabia, I think, was one of the ones that like said, hey, we're not showing this film. Um, and so there's there's some moral issues with some people, and then like the Christian faith, they have that problem. But I think you hit the nail on the head. It wasn't in your face. Um, I think that whole scene with Fastos and his family, they did more with the relationship between him and his son than they did on the relationship between him and his husband. Um, I mean, it was just a quick kiss and like the husband was not even there. Um, I don't think it was warranted for this whole, Oh, it's this massive gay scene. And I'm like, no, it was really just more of a, a relationship. Uh, and, and coming from a Christian background, I'm not going to take my students to see this film um, just for our morals uh, with it. But I don't think it was, I think it was done tastefully. Um, now the other side that, uh, critics I think had had a problem with was hey the first sex scene and it's 12 seconds of them just laying on the beach and it was really weird um I think they did it's more not even hot like, <laughs> well it was I think they did it better and more tastefully in Iron Man when Iron Man and the reporter roll off the bed and he laughs like they could have just kind of hit like they did this whole big scene like 10 10 seconds they they hyped this thing up but you didn't have to like it could have it could have been like a, a very art styled like 
they walk out of a, a hut together or something like that. Like you, you kind of insinuate like, oh, hey, they just had this. Or um, and and uh, Mike and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, what if they played into it and it actually gave something like, hey, they're Thanos's parents. Um, or, hey, this is, like, a character that's going to come out of this. But then they, they started to change things later as the movie went, and I just – I think that had part of the controversy and, and why people are not going to see this is because they're hearing, oh, Marvel is putting a sex scene in. Oh, Marvel is doing homosexuality. And you've got critics on both sides saying, oh, hey, a lot uh, – like, over overgoing it and then some who are undergoing it, and it's, it's hard to find that happy medium. Michael, what about you? Do you think well, the critics were rough on this? I, I don't put a lot of stock into like what Rotten Tomatoes says and what other critics and like articles that I've read. Um, however, I went and saw it last night with my wife, and I know Will's waiting with bated breath on this one, but yes. uh, <laughs> I, I want to preface with, I think that this would have been better as a Disney Plus series for character development reasons for, um just telling us their story i also talked to a friend of mine from high school last night who said that they could have chopped an hour and a half off of this movie and it would have been better i wasn't a big fan of this movie i honestly thought i've never been bored with a marvel movie until i went and saw eternals last night and again i don't think it was a horrible movie i just wasn't super happy with it and i had like these huge expectations and jordan kind of talked me off a ledge earlier and we talked on the phone but, like, I want to know more about them. And, like, it just drug on and on and on and on. And I was just like, where are we going and why? So, like, again, I thought for what it was, it was great. For what we didn't know, it was great. Some of the characters had these awesome moments. And there's some humor in there. But, like, I guess what we'll get into in a little bit, but Jordan was telling me that like, this is kind of like, I feel like the honeymoon period with Marvel was over and they're kind of building over again. They're reconstructing what we think. Right, they, like, just, they just lost Tom Brady and Gronk and then they got to rebuild. Yeah. So we're getting, <laughs> we're getting, yeah, you know, we conditioned, you know, we had that, that stretch, right. Where there was, you know, Thor Ragnarok and black Panther and Avengers infinity war and Endgame and like far from home. And like, you had all these great movies and now it's like, Let's wipe, you know, let's wipe that slate clean and start over. And we're going to introduce new characters. And like, even with the post-credit scenes, which we'll get into in a little bit, but like, for these people and why? And I just, I struggled a lot with it. I thought the movie was too long. I thought that it was kind of dry. But like, some of the scenes in it were really cool. Some of the fight scenes and some of the some of the jokes about like Superman and things like that. Like, there was some dry humor in there. And like, you know, for not knowing anything about it, it was a good movie. But for being a Marvel fan or a DC fan or a comic fan like we are, you know, all are with, with what we do here at Nerd Talk, I, I kind of struggled to get through it. And I'm like, I kept looking at my watch. I'm like, man, this is just taking forever. And so um, I didn't hate it. I just thought it was dry and I thought it was a little bit slow. And um, the thing I'll say about it is that like, it was... You know, something that my wife said, like, you, Will, you mentioned, like, it being an all-white cast. The the diversity was something that I actually enjoyed. Because for the first time, it was something it's completely different. Except, I, I, that's what like, I was saying. Just like, right, aside yeah, from, 
uh, Black Panther, right? When, you know, yeah. they got a huge pop for, for diversity. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was one of the reasons it won so many awards as a movie because of all the, the diverse diversity in that movie with Wakanda and the story that was told there. This one had like white people and black people and Indian people. And it just brought everybody together, which I thought was done very well. I so, think what I'm was... Not, I, oh, go ahead. No, I, I'm not here to slam it. I just I just felt that it was super slow. Like it just it tried like most Marvel movies take you for a ride, and I just felt like this was a, such a slow burn that like they could have cut half of it. And I agree with my friend from high school that they could have cut half of it, and it would have been been a better film. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take back a little bit to where you were talking about the diversity, um, and it's gonna play into this the next topic. Um, I think what was really cool was not only was it a diverse like superhero team. Um, and story building there. I think it was cool to see the eras in the flashbacks um, and to see the mm-hmm. diversity with that and see how they helped shape humanity and how they got in. I think um, if they would have done a Disney Plus series, um, as you were talking about, I think it would have been really cool uh, at the moments where they like were talking because they talked a lot about Greece um, and, the, and the Greek culture and like, hey, like Icarus. Wait, the guy who flew too close to the sun? Yeah, back when we were in Greece. Uh, uh, Sprite gave that story to them and then there was uh, the goddess of war Athena and they're like no it's just Athena <laughs> um, they just Athena happen to Mercury have... and Mercury yeah and it's, it's like the flash fans over here they've got they've got so many different ones that that they all started to play off of um, and I thought yeah. that was super super cool um, and I liked the way that they went with it I love um, that the design behind these guys like each of them kind of got to go live their lives and like each of them kind of separated to the like four corners of the earth, like each one, like, cause it, I think one of the hardest things that Marvel and any superhero, well, really any film uh, up until like the 2010s, mid 2010s, um, you couldn't hit a, a world traveling movie very well. I mean, you look at uh, rise of the silver surfer, that movie was not great uh, when they showed like London and China. And like when you would go around the world, you just didn't show it a, like visually well. Um, but when you do these flashbacks and you're showing the different eras, like, wow, like world trotting adventures are not great on film typically up until the 2010s. Um, and so I just, I think that this one was really, really cool. What were your guys' thoughts about, uh, the flashbacks with the eras and and seeing like Mesopotamia and all that? Like, would you have rather seen it in the Disney plus and see like more of that and with storytelling and whatnot, or do you think it was done pretty well with, with where it was? You want to take it or? Um, sure. I mean, I will say that I have heard that that critique of this movie is that, you know, there's not enough time to give development to each of the characters as much as that we could. So it would have been interesting to see it as a Disney Plus series to learn more about these characters individually and to see some of that backstory because they've been around for, you know, 7,000 years to see how they shaped <laughs> humanity. And I thought that was really neat to see those different eras. Um, and it would be cool to see more of that. I'm really into Greek mythology. Um, and so I, I enjoyed that part as well. So I definitely think there could have been um, a lot more that they could do. Um, and maybe in the future they will um, with, you know, Roman um, Roman history and things like that. But um, one of the favorite flashbacks for me was kind of in the Babylon era, just seeing, you know, Really, I mean, we think about it as being so long ago, but they had a lot of technology then, and um, it's it's really fascinating to see how they kind of brought in um, world history and mythology 
into their own story too. So I really like that aspect. All right. Take it from there. Um, so I'm going to push back a little bit on the D plus series, which I don't blame them for not doing it initially. Cause I think if, the, since this is a cosmic team that we haven't seen before and they're kind of like almost like Marvel royalty to a degree and just so ancient, I think the main pushback everybody would have had was in, in comparison would have got would, would be to Inhumans, and that was an abomination. I I have not watched it, but I've seen some clips and I've heard a lot about it. It's garbage, and it just sounds like it just does not honor those characters remotely. So if they try this another thing, it's like oh we're doing Inhumans again or something like that. I can just see all the normies or people who watched Inhumans doing that immediately. But I do think it would have given everybody time because I think like I don't know. I, I think I got everybody's motivation, but I feel like I would have liked more time with Ajax uh, or Ajax since we don't really have a lot with her. I mean, we get we get enough, but not too much. Like I, I want to know, like besides like the big flashback where they all decide to split up, I, I want to know like what else caused her to like lose faith in Arisham and stuff of that sort, or even Druig. Like how how did that society build up? I mean, obviously he kept them safe for years, but like let's see some adventures over there, like or something of that sort, or just even see more of Icarus's like descent into madness and into the mission. Uh, Cause I mean, like I understand it. And even Ajax senses it early on, like, Oh, like you're dedicated to this no matter what. Um, but um, it just, when it does happen, like my heart broke. I'm like, no, I got, I got your toy and everything. Like you're Ned Stark. No. Cause like, I think everybody, cause I think Marvel's trying to keep everybody on their toes now. Cause I think Druig and Sprite and Thena all go bad at some point in the comics. And I think everybody was going to be kind of expecting that. So they're like, Oh, Hey, let's throw a curveball and make with that. But the main question was talking about yeah, reel flashbacks. Back in. Reel it back in. That's why you're looking at me. <laughs> The flashbacks, I, I think the one, it's like the most heartbreaking one uh, on screen. The flashback uh, for me is when they all start splitting off because it's like, oh, like we're family. We can't split up. And like even Drew going like, no, like I've, I've watched this stuff happen for thousands of years. We can't let humans destroy themselves. And Ajax like, I, I can't stop it. And even Gilgamesh making the sacrifice to be like, hey, like I'll take care of Athena. Like I, I obviously am the only one powerful enough to stop her if anything does happen. And yeah, I, I think... I would have liked to see like more flashbacks, honestly. So maybe a Disney Plus series because I think everybody is getting one essentially. I mean, I want to guarantee that, but like, it, and who knows with Disney Plus Day coming away uh, next week, uh, that that dates this podcast. Uh, maybe we'll get announcements like, oh, hey, here's Eternals, like one shots or like an anthology series about them. But we'll see, and and they will return as the post credits said. So yeah, plenty more time down the road. Micah, which was your uh, favorite of the flashbacks? Um, I think I'm going to go with Babylon as well. And I think the reason why is I really enjoyed just the, the cosmetic look of it and just the time frame. Like, I remember, like, in history class as a kid learning about, you know, Babylon and, and, and ancient Greece and different you know, time periods in history. But I think that I really liked how um, they did Babylon and how it just looked aesthetically. And then, like, even the transition when um, Ajax kind of went into space, you know how they made that transition from being in, what was it, like, 500 BC or AD or, or whatever it was, and then it was like, boom, there was this transition into um, outer space, and it was I thought that was really cool. Um, but just the look of what Babylon looked like, and, you know, to a degree with the uh, the 
the technology they had at that point. I thought that it was great. Yeah. I uh I think one of the cool things is like how it progressed and you saw the technology and, and some of the older stuff. But I my the most heartbreaking for me was because I was like when they kept saying like is it Fatos Fatos? Um whatever whatever it is. Fatos. Fatos. Um when he when he went in and he's big boned, okay? Yeah, yeah, Fatos. <laughs> um but I, I think what was really cool was how he kept wanting to help progress technology and then World War Two. And he hit the Hiroshima. That broke my heart. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh my gosh, this is, this is, just it, like it, it hurt." Like I knew it was coming, especially when he was like, "Here's I, I'm creating this like, uh, this steam engine." engine. And then yeah. they're like, "They're not ready for that." And he's like, "The plow. It does what it says." And like, <laughs> I, I laughed about that, but I was like, "Okay, he's literally gonna lead them to the atomic bomb. Um, it's just gonna happen." And so. Uh, seeing that was really, really cool. Um, but I, I think Babylon had to be my, one of my favorites just for the, the visual aesthetics. It was very well done. Um, Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like that they left the Domo underneath it. Um, and then like it shows back up later and like they have to go back to it. That was really cool. I feel bad for those excavation guys that were on that dig after the Domo came back up. Yeah. All their work is for not now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, did you guys think that this would help uh because they've been around so long that maybe like to include the x-men um maybe fatos comes in and like maybe genetically alters one of them um and gives the x gene um or do you think that the Mm -hmm. mutation may like that might be a way that they like oh hey like yeah the eternals and fatos just shows up he's like oh yeah i did that a long time ago that was one of my blunders um or, or something like that like do you think that that like might be an internals like how they do because the mcu is kind of its own world and it's like they don't have to follow any rules they can they're just adding characters and creating backstories and um i heard a rumor that they're changing uh miss marvel's uh uh power set a little bit she's not going to do the whole embiggen from what i heard because they don't want to do that and then mr fantastic so uh with everything that's kind of happening do you think that maybe this might be a way that they include the x-men um because they're they're already talking about mutants starting to show up uh in the next couple of years so do you think that would be a- i thought i thought that like back to like my what i thought of the movie like i am as felt like if you go back and watch the early 2000s x-men like you know x-men one two and three um they were all very like in my opinion the x-men movies are just they, they're just dry like it's not a bad it's not a criticism but they're just dry in the way that they film them and the way that the story's told and like especially with how serious like magneto is and you know all that stuff right so like this movie i told alicia my wife that like this movie had a very x-men kind of vibe to it and just the it, and that's it just felt that way the same uh, that the X-Men did with the storytelling and the way they still, you know, they filmed it and the, the dryness that kind of was the impression that I got. Um, it would be a good way to, to, to do the X-Men. I don't know how they're going to get there. All the X-Men movies that they've filmed so far and then kind of do Marvel doing their own with Disney studios. Like I, I just, I have no idea how they're going to incorporate that. Same thing with like, Fantastic Four because they've talked about doing that in Ant- Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Like, I, you just don't know. Like, and even like with the post-credit scenes when I saw those last night, we'll get to those in a little bit. Like, you just, at this point, you just never know who's going to show up or, or how they're going to show up and how they're going to end up tying into the story. But like, Jordan, like what you said, like, I think anything 
is on the table at this point because I feel like it's, I think with Eternals um, and was like even Loki, let's just say Loki, you know, introducing, um, you know, who we perceive as Kang the Conqueror. It's just this whole new slate of characters and ideas and even Lady Hydra and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like there's just this whole new realm of characters, possibilities, stories. So like, I think at this point you can expect the unexpected. Mm. Like a game of big brother. <laughs> if only. Uh, so the main question was asking about it, how we think if this, if Fastos do you think, do you think this will kind of incorporate into like future with uh, X-Men? Do you think that it could? Uh, okay. I don't, I don't see Fastos doing human experiments, uh, if I'm being honest. But I, like I know an indirect, like if, if he... I, I was doing some research on Eternals prior to this. I wasn't like reading or anything, but I was watching a few videos, so I know like some basics of everybody. And a big part of the lore is that like Celestials were doing experiments on humans, so maybe that could tie into some of it. And there apparently was a Celestial that died on Earth, and its blood or whatever is what caused like some people to get superpowers like that's why spider-man's able to have superpowers and dr strange has magic and all that uh we didn't get that but we did see a lot of celestials in that in that movie so maybe in in some expanded material with the eternals we can get some more of that because i know mutants since they have them back um would be an awesome thing it would be an awesome return and we were just just talking about this the other day we would love ian mckellen came back in some form as magneto just like just even talking about the chemistry of if him and elizabeth olsen were like and maybe an adoptive father in this sense going like oh I, like i'm a master of magnetism and also i still know magic uh i, I learned that between my movies now because hey i don't i don't have so much uh time left we might as well just skip past that part and yeah, go ahead and gandalf has Gand- magic too so yeah he Clearly. learned it from, he learned it from gandalf Clearly. he learned it from himself um so, get, sorry, so going gandalf is going to show up gandalf is going to show up in the, in the multiverse of madness now. yeah just bring it all <laughs> that would be incredible yeah, because then it would prove Andy Mackie would be like, see, I told you there's wizards. I told you. Look. It's actually Gandalf. Yeah. Um, I know who Gandalf is. That, I've read The Hobbit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know if Fastest did that. Uh, so. I mean, I, I think that's interesting about the Celestials and how that is impacted superheroes. That would be interesting to explore. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm all for anything that gets the X-Men into the MCU. She loves Cyclops. Cyclops. I, I mean, honestly, before we saw the movie, I kept referring to Icarus as Cyclops, but uh, obviously I knew it wasn't that him. But um, yeah, I would love to see X-Men be introduced in some way. So, But I think that idea of the Celestial thing, that might be a way um, if it's not like mm-hmm. Fastos necessarily. Yeah. That's... Great insight. Podcast host over here. What are your thoughts on it since you posed the question? I think it'd be really cool if whether Fastos did it indirectly or directly, um, he brought something in or a celestial or I think this would be a great way to explain it. Um, One of my fan theories that I've been on for years is uh, that I believe that the Fantastic Four should be introduced by the way of the end of Avengers when Iron Man shoots up into the wormhole and then the nuke hits the Chitauri uh, ship. I think that the chemical reaction could create a storm, which then you repeat what uh, the original Fantastic Four uh, from 2004, 2005, right in there. Uh, what that one did, it brings this storm, cosmic storm in, and then they get superpowers, and then they come back, and then it kind of keeps it all kind of still in-house and everything, and like the Avengers created the Fantastic Four. I think that would have been really cool. Um, but with like this one, I think it'd be really cool if the Eternals did something that like 
maybe in one area it just happened to jumpstart the the gene process and maybe it didn't happen mm-hmm. to everybody but just someone got that gene um and then we started to see some superheroes or some people like i know this is dc but like maybe like a vandal savage kind of character where someone who's been around for a long time he just happened to to be in in the crossfire or something um because i don't think one or one thing i i realized was fatos he didn't really he he had to get checked and balanced by the rest of the team. Like he wanted to do the steam engine. Um, but had he done that, he would have jump started uh, humanity way ahead of schedule. And then like, he didn't think about the repercussions. Um, so like um, young Fatos yeah. had, had he just come in and did like one experiment and it happened to get into human hands and it turned them into a mutant. And then like they had uh genetic and then it just continually goes. And then now like, we just start happening. Like, I think it'd be really cool if that happened. Um, cause then it could become like, Oh, mutants aren't like, like they're, they're still few and far between. And then maybe like end game, like with the snap, because of the cosmic radiation, like it like enhances the X gene. And then we're going to see a bunch of mutants. I don't know. I think that'd be really cool just to keep it all in house. So that way they don't I have to I think a like... missed opportunity is not having Fastos like in flashbacks, like a being like big Macintosh launches or like being like in the background of the social network. Uh, yes, because he's technology. That would have been great if he'd <laughs> been like. Joking, but, clearly joking. Go ahead. But would that be after he? That's obviously all after World War Two. He given up his powers. Touche, touche, yep, so. touche. See, my fan theory is already. This is why she's here. She Check, debunked checks you. and balances right she over here. She debunked you. You know. So, <laughs> uh, who's your favorite Eternal and why? And Will, I'm I'm slapping the boot on you. You get one Eternal, one. <laughs> Uh, it's an easy one, man. Uh, so that's easy. I, I, I do have two others, but well, I'll, I'll go with my one because I was just telling Amanda this. It, it's Kingo, uh, obviously. Kamala Anjou, not Ani, did brilliant work getting in shape for that role. And then also, he is a huge Cap fan. If you had noticed in this movie, in, in that Bollywood movie, those they shields. Had the shields. Yeah. I would not be surprised if we found out those shields in the thing were repurposed Captain America shields uh, from other props from the movie and then also on his plane he has the original shield from the 19 from the road show or whatever and the bucky rescue outfit which i another since we're talking about fan theories i have another one since he's been around thousands of years i would love to see a scene of him being the one kind of like in the background uh, having the guy put cap selling war bonds because he needs to so they could you, you, know, you know what i'm saying just like he, he's like behind the scenes going like He's bankrolling it. Yeah, you want him to be the one producing the roadshow. Yes, I want him producing the roadshow. The only because, and, the, and he gets one of the shields as as the only reason I would I would balk at that is just because he's a Bollywood star and he's doing mm-hmm. Bollywood and not Hollywood. Right. So do you see what I'm saying? But I mean, he's an eternal with probably some infinite cash, and he's like, oh hey, like don't question it. <laughs> you just want more cap. I want That's... more cap, and then I sit on that. I sit on look. that bus too. I, I want more cap, so it's all good. Yeah, and I mean, just even a little not an eternal, but like even about the, like the best side character. We were just talking about this Corinne or Karan, uh the valet. The valet. Oh yeah, he's, he's the be- He's my favorite character of the whole show because he brings so much. Like he brings humor, hmm. and he brings just so much humanity and kindness. And um, he's like Michael. Uh, you P- know, him he, playing he, off uh, Kingu is like he's kind of like great. Michael Pena's character from Ant Man. Like he kind of just steals <laughs> the show. He's not in it for a massive amount of time, but he he's with what he's there. It steals the show. Uh, 
Yeah. I, I was saying too, like he's kind of like the Coulson of the Eternals group. Okay. Like he, he's like, it, it, I mean, Festus has his family and everyone else, but like he's kind of like the hey, if we're not fight, we don't have like our other human connections, but like he, nothing else, we got, we got our valet here, we got to protect and save. So yeah, I can get behind that. What about you, Amanda? Um, so I think, um, so I don't want to pick the same one, but I, my favorite parts of the movie were the interactions between Kingu and his valet and the part where they're talking when he was like, yeah, he thought I was a vampire at first. Like that is probably (laughs) my favorite scene of the whole show. Um, so, but I'm not going to pick the same one. So if I, and we were talking the other day about if you could pick one of their powers, what would it be? And um, I think the power that Fastos has is really cool with the technology. Um, and I think, you know, I like his character development, even though we don't see him more until more of the end. Um, I really like learning about his character and his his power is really cool. And when he takes down Icarus at the end, um, yeah. So I say he's definitely up there for me. That's fair. Micah, what about you? I would I would say either um, I don't want to say Fasto since you know you guys already did but um, if I had a second <laughs> if I if I had a second it would be Gilgamesh um, I really liked the it was sad that, that he died but like Gil, uh, Gilgamesh but like the control that he had over Athena I really enjoyed that and then like I I don't want to say she's my favorite but like we were getting coffee this morning and I, I was just looking over the notes before we recorded this afternoon. And like the girl that plays Sprite is 14 years old in real life. Really? Like 14 years old. And like, she crushed it in this movie. She did a fantastic job. Like, she's not my favorite character by any means, but like looking at how old she is and then like going back and thinking about the movie, I thought that she crushed it. But like, if I had to pick one that was not fastest, it would probably be Gilgamesh. Good pick. I gotta say, 40? uh, uh, Makari, um, the the deaf girl. Uh, it looked like Flash was oh, in this movie. Yes, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, the she, Flash movie needs a scene with her, with, not with her, with, but like with with Ezra doing something very similar, that, or it's not going to be even close. The visuals. And Jordan and, oh. and Jordan and I were talking about it this morning, and it's like, you know, we talked in the we did a preview episode back at the beginning of October, I think it was. And t- we talked about Hawkeye and we talked about the Eternals and we talked about No Way Home and like what we thought were our, I was there. Know, our predictions. Yeah, you were there, Will. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> um, Yeah, we were the three amigos. Uh, yeah. We're inseparable. Uh, mm-hmm. But like the thought of Hawkeye potentially being deaf. And so like, you know that her character was going to be deaf going into this movie. And I thought that they did a fantastic job with it. And they supported it well and she stuck to it. And it was it was great. Yeah, I uh, I think that visually, um, seeing just I mean, speed is speed is, is speed. You're you're gonna see someone run fast, but in an attack form, because um, typically when you see like the Flash, you don't see it the same way. Like you see him like like on CW, um, with Grant Gustin, you see him running and like he might throw a punch or he might like spin and sh- uh, shuck lightning at people and then like just like go at it. But with her, she like hit him. And then she ran around and hit him again, and like it just came like boom, 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 boom. It was as, as intense as like a Man of Steel punch from yeah. from that Cavill Superman. It so. was really, really well done, and I liked um, how they kind of like as everything is moving fast, she's just kind of like leaping and like more of a like a slow run, 
Um, but mm-hmm. like for for visual references, where I feel like we've we've seen Flash, we've seen uh, I mean, there's a lot of lot of speedsters on that show where like they just move really quick and like for for the visual representation that everything else is moving quick, but she's like running like a normal human would. I love that representation. I think that was done very very well. Um, the other character, um, because I'm gonna grab, I I love fat or Fastos. Um, but I loved Icarus. Um, Icarus just was a phenomenal character. Um, he he just, you know, I wish we had more like the diabolical villain like descent story. Um, as you guys were talking yeah. about earlier, I wanted that. Um, but I feel like I got enough to understand. Okay, I'm devoted. I am as loyal as a puppy dog. Um, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and I realized that I screwed up and he, he kind of hit that point where I feel like humanity finally reached the Eternals where the Eternals came to, to help humanity do a, do a job where humanity started to rub off on him. And he, he kind of felt like there was no redemption. And, you know, as a Christian, I, I sit back and I'm like, dude, there is redemption. Like you're, you're never too far gone. Um, but for him, like, I could totally see where, like, he felt really defeated at that moment. He's like, I screwed up. I did the wrong thing. I led two of our team to their death, um, and, and just went the way he did. And, uh, then took the very Greek method and flew right into the sun, um, which I thought was right on the nose with the Greek mythology. With his name. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I (laughs) loved, I loved, uh, the fact that Sprite, uh, used that as her storytelling was that, oh yeah, Icarus, he flew too close to the sun. Um, and I thought that was that was really cool uh, how they incorporated some of those with the the story. Um, yeah, I what well, I'm sorry to no, imagine, but um, I I liked his character because he wasn't really a diabolical villain. I mean, he was just trying to do. I think he was what doing he the thought was the right thing. I think it was the uh, right thing for the wrong reasons. He was right. he was following someone, but the the reasons were wrong. It I think it's yeah. like Shang Chi. Like there was that villain who mm-hmm. was he really a villain or was he just a misguided person and right. i, I with, it, oh. and i think that's so it's so telling in you know what happens in daily life though too like how many times you know we have so many disagreements between people and i think i don't think people are coming at they it because they're trying to be bad they're just <laughs> coming at it because they each have different beliefs about things you know and um, so I think this, I thought it was good because he's not like this evil villain. He's just doing what he was led to believe is the right thing. Um, but ultimately then he realizes, you know, that it wasn't the right thing, but, yeah. um, so I thought it was, I thought that was a really, um, good storyline. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My heart literally broke seeing like the twist happen like the first time through. I'm like, no. Yeah. No, <laughs> it totally caught me off guard. Yeah, same here too. <laughs> I was I, just uh, like, ah. when I was in the when I was in the theater, I looked over at Alicia and I was like, we usually try not to talk during the movie, but like, if we think we know what's going to happen, like we thought that like Jack was going to be that person in this movie. Like when I first, you know, when we were watching it last night, and I'm like, ah, it's too early for that. I don't think it's going to be her. Somebody's going to turn. So <laughs> I was surprised too. Will. I was hoping it was going to be Thena because I just really don't like Angelina Jolie. So <laughs> neither does neither does my wife, and neither do I. But like, <laughs> I told I told speaking of which, I told Alicia before, uh, or I told Jordan this morning. Sorry, when we were on the phone, that like close enough. I yeah, <laughs> Jordan, yeah. Um, 
I told Jordan that they did a great job of like not overdoing it with Angelina Jolie in this movie. I thought that her char- character was great in that respect. Like I'm not a huge fan of hers, mm-hmm. but like I thought that they did a great job of like not over saturating her in this movie. Like she was there, she did her thing, and like yeah, she was kind of off to the side. She wasn't she wasn't hogging the spotlight, if you will. I think true. I'll be honest. I, I don't think anybody really hogged the spotlight in this film. I think it was very well rounded and like kind of like as we were talking about the Dark Knight, um, in in an episode, you know, or well, we were talking about that with the the round table, um, and we just talked about how it was a very well star studded cast, and yet no one seemed to hog it, um, and I was I was kind of afraid that oh Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek are both in this, like those are really big names, and they're gonna come in and they're mm-hmm. like that's who the show's gonna be about, and it was like you hardly saw them as much as you saw like the story. Um, and I think this story, personally, it's one of my favorite stories. It, I'm not going to say it's top five MCU, but it's, I would say, top ten. Um, well, I, I very much enjoy that. All, whoever. I, I, my, my, my one thing, it's kind of goes with, that, not with that part, but, like, you know how Marvel trailers lie to us sometimes, like how Thor has his eye digitally replaced. Like, when we uh, ended up at uh, Ajax's house, initially, me and Amanda were like looking at each other going like, I guess the trailers lied to us about visiting Ajax, and then when we finally see the scene later in the flashback, I was just like, "Ah, oh, okay, you know they didn't." Uh, but yeah, just to echo your point, yeah, everybody uh, doesn't overshadow anybody. Which I think is an impressive think... peak, yeah. considering there's so many leads. I mean, there's so many characters that are important. That I think it's pretty impressive that they gave each person kind of their moment to shine. Yeah. Did you all think that um, that Druig might have? Been the person that was going to turn. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, I suspected because comics. But then, but then like he again. <laughs> we we talk in so many episodes about like was Anakin wrong or you know was Thanos wrong? Like he was doing it for the right reason. He wanted to go help everybody, even though he was supposed to stay out of it. He wanted to go help everybody. And we might even get more uh, Thanos play later. I, I don't know if they've confirmed if he's coming back, but if maybe Thanos was privied into this with. His brother, uh, spoilers, uh, Eros showing up in this movie in the postcards. I know we're not getting to that part yet, but maybe he was clued into about that, and maybe that's what t- the emergence was going to happen on Titan. He was trying to save everybody. Yeah, yeah. we don't we don't know yet. So, which, uh, which we talked I mean, about how we didn't, care. We, didn't t- we talked about how we didn't care so much for the you know the sex scene in the movie, but like my my immediate thought was like, oh, Anus is of the Eternals race, and I'm like, hmm. You know, was the sex scene leading to him, you know, the conception of Thanos, you know, because they were flopping around or, you know, over different <laughs> time zones, literally flopping around on uh, different time zones and different um, time zones. Wow. You look uh, like two seals fighting over a grape. <laughs> what is no. that from? What is that from? Iron Man 2. It was Don Cheadle playing I- or, uh, War Machine. They're on the the rooftop, and he's like, "You two look like two seals fighting over a grape." Yep, yep. But like they were just going all over different, you know, time, you know, time frames, and like I think that he, you know, the the thought was that maybe that they could have been the, the parents of Thanos, but like if they weren't, um, mortal, right? Like, could they conceive offspring? Like, is that possible? And so, like, if that were possible. How how could Thanos you know come into existence unless he was created like the others were? I think Eros it... says he's an eternal, so 
that would lead me to believe that he was created, but I know the yeah. comics have some... Yeah, the comics and movies have varied, because uh, I've been watching all kinds of which stuff. Is, which is crazy, because, like, okay, they can, you know, they can participate in procreation, but they can't procreate. <laughs> right? Like, it's so weird. Yeah. The comics are weird with it. Like, Icarus has a son at one point, and then Thanos is conceived by Eternals, but like, he has some deviant DNA, which makes him look like the purple Grimace guy. Yeah. Uh, well, him at least, but it comics are weird. <laughs> comics are weird. <laughs> I just love how the you brought the grimace reference into play. That was that was oh, good. of course. I, I got to. I got to make all the funny references, right? <laughs> oh man, are you glad that they? Forward. Are you guys glad that they at least like killed off some of these guys so that way it wasn't like, oh, there's ten of them at the beginning and oh, there's ten of them at the end. Like, what did you think about the fact that they killed uh, Ajax, Gilgamesh, and Icarus? And I'm going to start with Mike on this one. Good call. <laughs> um, yeah, because Will, Amanda, if you didn't know, Will always goes first and existed. I've heard. Um, so it's my turn to shine. No, I think that um, they did. Yeah. So um, I think they did it justice by killing some of them off. However, I would have chose some other people to kill off, if that makes sense. Like, Really like Gilgamesh, and I'm like, man, I wouldn't have killed him off. And like Amanda, you mentioned, like maybe Angelina Jolie shouldn't have finished this movie alive. So like, <laughs> who knows? But uh, like, I honestly thought there were too many to begin with. So like, I thought that they did well in this movie with the number of people they had, and they did a great job telling the story with the number of people they had. However, I wouldn't have had that many. Like even with the Avengers, it was what the original group was what, six. five six. six six yeah six and so like yeah i i'm glad that you know there weren't some as we you know left this movie um as jordan always says was there a funeral and the answer to that is no well actually there was because they they uh, cremated uh they cremated gilgamesh and she, right. like poured his ashes in, in the water so that's what I've wondered and, about Icarus some in some way because yes he does fly into the sun but again I said that to George weird. so did that does that give him some more like stronger powers and he comes back later who knows but he's not superman Jordan, I don't Jordan. care what anybody says he is not <laughs> superman and with Jordan well, and Jordan in All-Star Superman Supes does go into the sun as well and he's like Keeping the sun afloat, but I don't want to. I don't want to hog it. Let's go ahead. No, talk, no, no, Amanda. Uh, we always joke like if there wasn't a funeral, they're probably not dead. That's true. So we didn't see him die when he flied into the sun. Mm -hmm. We just assumed mm -hmm. that he died. So if he wrote, <laughs> this is a good joke. He rode off into the sunset. Uh, <laughs> if he rode <laughs> off into the sunset, <laughs> you know, then then great. But if he comes back, you know. Maybe he has maybe he has to come back later on and, and solve some stuff that's not finished. Who knows? Like I said, yeah. anything's on the plate at this point. Mm -hmm. And who's to say that they don't grab some former memories and he comes back when the Celestials like recreate him or something like that? Like you never know what he's gonna yeah. what they're gonna do. I was do. gonna echo that that maybe Erishem took him and maybe makes him like a, a complete mindless pawn for him. Until oh, a yeah, red wedding happens, Rob Stark, he's he's still on the table for me. <laughs> and I, i'll just say i essentially called that they were not not, not going to kill them all but when we were talking speculation I, i'm like you can't have these many powerful people in play and then not expect them not to show up for future what events would you, after 
Hmm. What would you guys have done if they pulled a Rogue One and they just all died at the end? <laughs> I would have been like, called it. Star Wars Rogue One. Like, I would have called it. I, I mean, I think that show and showing fairly early on that Ajax did die, I think it made the stakes higher for the rest of them. Um, because it's not realistic in all these movies that all the good guys always survive and the bad guys always lose. I mean, that's what we want, but not necessarily realistic. But to show that these eternal beings that live forever can actually perish, I think it made the stakes a little higher and made you a little more invested in those battles to see what was actually going to happen. And, and let's face it, too, Gilgamesh, as soon as he found out he killed Ajax, he would have destroyed Icarus, just just uh, hands down. Like, that fight would have been over in two seconds. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Did you guys catch the Hulk and Black Widow reference between Gilgamesh and Thena? Give oh, me like your kinda, hand. Kind of like, like the hand. The hand, yeah. It's, hey, big guy, the sun's coming real low. They they do that and it 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 paralleled really really well with it. I didn't know if you guys caught that because we were still on Gil Gilgamesh. Um, did you like that they killed the celestial at the end? Um, and do you feel like moving forward because of visual effects, if they ever show the Earth, like you're gonna have to see like a celestial like halfway out? Like, do you think they kind of messed up with that, or like what what are your thoughts there? Because celestials are huge. So, uh, let's start with Will. Okay, the comic fan in me loves this because have you been reading any of Jason Aaron's recent Avengers runs? Mm -mm. Uh, so I, I don't know if it's Tiamat, but there is a Celestial that is dead on Earth and the Avengers are using it as a home base. I would absolutely love it when the Avengers finally team up again to live in that thing and have their base of operations in Tiamat. Uh, but that, that, that's just uh a fool's dream at this point uh but based on getting this star fox pip and even hints to the black knight uh, i'm just kind of leading into that too i just anything's on the table now at this point i mean we're getting a lot of stories i never thought in 2008 we would ever get so it i like it just to get that potential comic a a aspect since i didn't get jaro in the suicide squad but i'll, I'll live i'll live but if they don't do it <laughs> What about um, you, Amanda? I guess I'll go. Um, I I thought that I mean I didn't see any way around them actually killing the celestial. Like the idea of putting it to sleep and then rehoming the whole Earth's population seemed like that would have drastically altered you know any storyline going forward. Um, so what I thought was interesting is that, you know, when um, she, when Sensei is talking to Ashram and he's saying that he created them to not evolve, to correct his mistakes with the Deviants, but I think them going against him and killing the Celestial is proof that they have evolved and that humanity has rubbed off on them and showing that they actually are ex exercising their free will. Um, against Ashram. And so I thought um, the fact that they actually killed the Celestial was really important um, to that, that storyline. So I thought, I thought that was well done. What about you, Micah? I'm kind of indifferent. Like, I didn't think that, like, as far as villains are concerned, like, you know, I just felt like that was their mission for this movie. But, like, I just, I, I had no opinion one way or another. I just thought that, like, you have this big robot in the sky, and it's like, oh, yeah. Like, so, like I just, I, you know, I, I don't really have much to say other than, like, I just didn't think that, like, 
as far as villains are concerned, we talk about like we talked a couple of episodes back about how like standalone movies, you know, and villains in standalone movies, and there are some that we've watched over the years that have been like super underrated, like an Ant Man, for example, like or even in like what was another example we used, Jordan? Doctor uh, Strange, where he fights Dormammu. Yeah, like there were so many underrated villains, and like I didn't feel like this was a. I mean, because it was their mission as what they were created to do, it was like they were just trying to reverse course on that. And then, as far as villains were concerned, I wasn't like super threatened by this. Like, I'm, I'm more, I want, I want to know what King the Conqueror is going to do, right? And I wanted to know what Thanos was going to do. Like, I just didn't feel super threatened. Like, if I was living during the Eternals and I was on Earth, like. Huh, some big dumb robot in the sky. Like, I, I, I didn't think too much of it, right? It didn't do much. Am, am I wrong by that assessment? It I didn't don't, do I, much for... I think it's going to play out later. I think because okay. we're going cosmic... Well, and, and Alicia said this... Alicia said this this morning, like, when we kind of woke up and we, we talked about, like, you know, what we thought about it again. Like, if... Is this going to be Age of Ultron in 10 years? Yeah. Right? We talk about Age of Ultron all the time about how things have been built off of that movie and how we weren't super thrilled with it. But like 10 years removed, look at some of the characters that have came from that and the stories that have came from that. I think that we're going to have some of the same stuff play from this movie. And this movie's going to, I guess, marinate well over the course of time and it's going to get better as we move further into Phase 4, Phase 5, Phase 6, and so on, and so, on yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely are rebuilding everything, so you're going to have to have yeah. some of those movies to set things up for the future. Yeah, I thought I was... I, I realized later on second viewing that I thought Ajax said something about Battleworld at some point when she was talking to Erishim, but she said Babylon. I was being a dingus, but maybe something with the Celestial inside of its body, maybe Earth explodes, and then uh, when Kang or someone tries to bring it back together... If we get like a meshed up multiverse world and get into secret wars, that it would be insane. Uh, but and that's apparently what they're maybe uh, leading into. But I don't know. Uh, I mean, I see all you guys' points on this too. But I I also like that when the third act does something a little bit different. Like we've seen heroes go against each other in Civil War, and then we've seen uh, Doctor Strange do the Groundhog Day thing, like we just talked about. And, but sometimes it's usually just like Ant Man versus counterpart to himself iron man fighting counterparts to himself cap fighting his best friend which is a little bit more complicated but uh and then even vision like beating him on an intellectual level in wandavision to pour more recent reference like i, I love when the third act is doing something a little bit different because if it's just punch 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 you're done or like kill you or we put you in the raft or whatever kind of boring but like this is, was just different enough like not the most groundbreaking thing but the same them do the unimine which Amanda knows this because I, I was when I was looking up more stuff. The Unimine can apparently turn into a giant, almost robot thing, almost like a Megazord at some point. Is that like I a was new gods? Hoping kind for of that, thing? I was hoping and praying for that. Is, is that uh, kind so of maybe... like new gods from DC, where they do like the yeah. the uh, like He Man kind of thing? Yeah, I, I want uh, maybe in a sequel or a series or something like that. We could see that come come, come to light. I don't think it's going to happen, but with what we did get, just seeing that the Unimines just enhancing one's powers kind of like uh even we brought up rise of the silver surfer earlier when johnny was getting all their powers and t- took down von doom in that in that yeah. sequel but yeah I-, I like when the third acts go a little bit different all right so <clears throat> we're kind of towards the end of this episode but i've got two more questions for you guys um and they're both dealing with the post-credit scene so what did you think of pip and Star Fox coming in on the domo and then what did you think of dane whitman 
um, saying the, are you sure you're ready for that? Um, I'm going to go ahead and kind of preface that second one real quick. Uh, Chloe Zhao, the director, did confirm that it is Blade. So Marshala Ali's Blade was the one who said that. Because um, I was originally was asking you guys, who do you think said that uh, right after I'd seen this? And uh, but but Chloe Zhao had said, hey, this is Blade um, because there is, I guess, some some big tie ins uh, between the two characters. Um, so what do you guys think of the inclusion of these characters? Amanda, let's start with Amanda. Okay. Um, so I thought that, well, the first end credit scene with uh, Eros and Pip um, was kind of nice because obviously the movie ends on a kind of heavy note where there's like he takes all the ones um <clears throat> all the eternals that are on earth and pretty much they disappear um so it's nice to have kind of that comedic relief at the end um and to know okay there's they're gonna eventually find them and i'm not a huge harry styles fan but i'm kind of coming around to the idea of him playing this character based on what i know about the character probably will be a good fit um, but yeah, I thought they were kind of, they were, it was a light way to end the movie and kind of set up future movies. Um, and, but my, my whole thing, I still, I just can't get my mind around the fact that he's supposed to be Thanos's brother because he's like, you know, this good looking, normal looking person. And then San Thanos is this, you know, purple monster man um, and hey, that, that's hot in some plants and he looks i mean and it's and josh brolin plays him and he's so much older and i'm like how are they related i this is what i just can't wrap my mind around it and we've talked will and i've talked about it many times and i'm sure he's over it but nah. like how, how are they related i don't get it but flashbacks i am i am curious um to see kind of how that plays into the thanos and um kind of maybe learning more about their backstories and um, so I'm really curious to see how that plays out. And the whole thing um, with the the uh, Black Knight and Blade, I I mean, I've heard before she confirmed that it was Blade, they were talking about what could it be the Watcher. And, and I'm glad that that's not the case because I think that I like this alternative better. Um, and so I'm really interesting, to, really interested to see kind of how that plays out in the future. And, you know, if it's a... Um, if the Dark Knight has his own movie, or if it's or not the Dark Knight, Black, Black Knight. Knight. Yeah. Oops. Um, and see how uh, how that kind of works. Um, and you know, hunting vampires and all sorts of fun stuff. Like, I think that seems cool. I'm looking forward to it. So now we just have to wait for forever, which is the hard part. Yeah, maybe not too much longer. Um, I'll I'll take it from there since you, since you took the lead there. Um. Uh, so on the first post credit scene, uh, I, I mean, even though it kind of got inadvertently spoiled for me, I just, I still was holding up that grain of salt that maybe it was something different, but I'm still excited to see that Marvel's just going all in on the wacky, weird Mar Jim Starling stuff. Uh, not that I read a lot of that, but just seeing that we're going, we're expanding even more. Um, I think they're maybe trying to build to Infinity Watch because Pip, Eros, Adam Warlock, uh, What's her, Mantis uh, have all been on that team and like they maybe the Infinity Stones I, I know I was very anti that the Stones are coming back but maybe they do come back and those Micah, guys we called that... it we called it Micah <laughs> you, you, knew, you knew I was gonna flip you knew I was gonna flip <laughs> I knew it I knew the Stones were coming back 
they're coming maybe, back for bigger maybe, play. Maybe they take care of things, or maybe they become the new Guardians of the Galaxy as well. That, that that's another thing flipping in my head because they have that feels like the first time playing, which is very, something very Star Lord will be listening to. So maybe that's a hint that they'll be back in Guardians Three or Thor: Love and Thunder or some other cosmic entity or Internals Two, Electric Boogaloo or Eros Boogaloo. There we go. Uh, and Patton Oswald, always great, and I'm sure he is loving it now being Agent Koenig, MODOK, and now Pip the Troll. It's like, wait, I get to be the, the troll? Yes, of course, I'll do it. Can I, can I, do, an, can I do my pitch again for the D Star Wars Marvel crossover? Um, uh, as for the Blade thing, I was telling Amanda this after, because uh, I, I texted both of you guys at the same time uh, when, it, when it got confirmed, like, she confirmed it was Blade, she confirmed it was Blade, and I would totally love since we've seen Wesley Snipes killed as Blade, I'd like to see those two like be a buddy adventure thing, like Blade trying to get him into the world of mystic arts and like fighting vampires and stuff, and they fight like Dracula or some nonsense like that. Or maybe they find uh, Jared Leto and just like behead him, going like, "No more sequels. This is done. <laughs> it's not happening anymore. We don't care if Jordan likes the trailer." No, I'm ki I'm kidding, buddy. Uh, but um, he looks pretty wow. spooky, so. Be okay with attacking me like that wow i'm kidding i'm kidding buddy i'm do, kidding do but you think that i'm, I'm excited Whitman... for it i i want to see like how they're going to modernize that suit do you think that the the like as you said like a buddy cop kind of film do you think dane whitman is going to show up in the blade movie that like that'll kind of be how they... just a cameo going like hey uh, I, i've been practicing with the sword or maybe he's like more dickish because apparently that sword similar to the symbiote corrupts whoever has it yeah brings the worst parts yeah. out i think i think it'd be really cool if that kind of helps lead them and kind of like how they did with falcon um and the winter soldier like they they built him in on some of that or if they did falcon in age of ultron where he just shows up for just a hot second and like they have like mm -hmm. some interactions and then he just goes away for like it's just like hey i'm leading up for what's going to happen next um i think that'd be really cool michael what do you think Absolutely. about the the post-credit scenes um i i was surprised um Courtney, you and I talked about this again this morning, but uh, I think I'm more so surprised than anything with how many stories they're opening up, right? So, like, at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier and um, Black Widow, you got, you know, who we, you know, and assume is Lady Hydra, and at the end of Loki, we have Kang the Conqueror, and, like, I'm just surprised that they're introducing as many... Um, stories and characters as as they are um the it's just i think it's incredible right it's a whole new phase literally like we're talking about a new phase of marvel movies but like i think it's incredible how many characters and as far as the second post credit scene is concerned like you know before jordan told me that it was uh confirmed that it was blade i thought it was kang that deep voice and i was like oh it's king the conqueror and he's going to show up after you know loki and again we talk about this in almost every episode but like doctor strange and the multiverse of madness and with spider-man you know no way home coming up like how are they gonna how is the the time uh variant here's a word for you variant time variant gonna come into play as far as like everything that's going on on earth like we talk about a space sector and we talk about an earth sector and like how's it all going to come together and i want to know that but as far as like um, the post-credit scenes in this movie, I was really excited for Pip, and I was very excited for um, what's his name, Star, Star, Star Fox. Fox. Star Fox, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with what Amanda said, like how does how is he Thanos' brother? But then again, aside from Gamora being green, like Gamora and um, Nebula, 
Nebula, Nebula. yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, they're adopted, like, but it could be something. But like they, they look completely different, right? Yeah, adopted and, though, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, I think the point is maybe you know, like that's going to be the the case moving forward, where Thanos looks completely different than his brother, which in this case, yes, he does. Maybe that's why he was so angry all the time, because he didn't get the good looks. Because he's well, he either go one chains. direction or another. Uh, boo, boo. <laughs> I'm ending this podcast because I've been waiting so long. I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. Get that out of here. But, but like, to what I'm saying, that like, I think that it, it's just, it's great that they're introducing so many new characters and so many new ideas. Do you guys think that it's too much? I'm going to push back a little bit. Do you guys think that it's too much at this point for just the average viewer? Or like, are you guys more excited? Or would you rather it be slower? Or how do you all feel about that? I'm just curious to see how it all comes together. Because at this point, what we had going on in the Eternals and the end credits scenes are so different than, you know, what we saw with, um, like, Black Widow and Falcon, you know, having Val around. Like, I'm not really sure how they fit together. Um, And then you got... Fascinated by it. And then you got Sylvie kicking off the time... Right, yeah, uh, the whole Loki thing is kind of on its own, too. Like, you have kind of three separate um, kind of areas that they're focused. So at some point, I'm assuming they come together in some way. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of, at this point, I'm just really fascinated to see what happens. I was hoping that one of the end credits scene might try to give us some clue about how that would happen, how they're going to mix this together, but we don't have that yet. Indeed. So at this yeah. point, I'm just really excited and like really curious to see what happens next. I mean, I'm, like, I'm, go ahead. No, I was going to say like a great example of that too is that like after Thanos snaps his finger in Infinity War, like when we were in the theaters and we saw Ant-Man and the Wasp and they got dusted after, you know, in the post credit scene of that, I was like, oh, and like he, the people just keep getting dusted as like these movies keep coming out and the series and like... Mm-hmm with the ripple effect at the end of Loki, like I want to see how that affects what's going on now with other movies and series. Like we haven't seen how that comes into play yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, Spidey and Dr. Strange will probably be the next two. Uh, we're hoping. And I, I think the Kang theory was a good one too, because we were watching a video the other day explaining Dane Whitman a little bit more and just like who that voice could have been. Uh, and it could have honestly been Kang trying to like, deter him from getting the sword because Black Knight has helped the Avengers defeat Kang several times so maybe he's like don't don't touch that blade I don't want you defeating me please uh but well and two like you know they did such a good build on Thanos and like it was a long what 20 20 movie build on Thanos like it would be way too early for for Kang to be like you know introduced and killed that early I think or defeated that early well, from what I understand, Kang is going to be, like, we're going to see multiple versions of Kang the Conqueror, and, like, they're going to kill off a couple different versions, like, well, and then they're going to build one big point. one. Well, he's always got a backup plan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. guys, so overall, Eternals, was it a boom or was it a bust? You got to tell me, which, I, one, which one was it? I say boom. I'll say a, a little boom, a little boom, not not a bust, but a little boom. Okay. But a little boom. Micah? I would give it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Okay. Micah. Same here. <laughs> I'm I'm with Will. It wasn't a boom or a bust. Maybe a little firecracker. I would say probably six and a half out of ten. That's fair. I think I would give it an eight out of ten, and the sole reason is just because I'm excited to see where it goes. And it was a movie that, 
like I walked in um, specifically with in mind that okay, there's a uh, the first homosexual uh, kiss and the fir- first homosexual couple that is like avidly in this movie, and then there's a sex scene. And when I talked with Will, and he was like, "Oh, like those aren't." as bad as the critics are saying um it lowered my guard and i walked in i said i'm going in with fresh eyes like i'm not gonna even try and judge this movie i just want to like take it in and absorb it like a sponge and just like see what it is and i really enjoyed it um (laughs) it may not be like a film that i'll go and watch when i'm sick or or i mean i'm not gonna ted mosby this movie like i will with winter soldier um but it's definitely a movie that i i would say oh yeah i'll gladly watch that one if someone says hey you know say even since we've had repeat viewings i i don't i had no elegant way of bringing this in but i think knowing the icarus twist going in on repeat viewings like you can kind of see him subtly being a little bit more like cunning and careful with his words or like when or like i roll my eyes so hard now he's like oh i could leave the avengers like oh no no you don't you don't get to leave the avengers after what you did after no. what you did no yeah <laughs> so all right well guys thank you so much for joining uh me on this episode this was a lot of fun listeners thank you so much for supporting us we are super super excited uh to see where this is going we will be having some news come january um oh uh-oh does micah have something he's got to tell me I was going to say, don't forget to mention our new TikTok channel. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who are out there, every single week, uh, we're going to be posting um, a Monday through Friday, a TikTok every day. We're going to be posting a question. So that is at Nerd Talk with Jay Halstead. Um, that's our that's our handle for it. Um, but we encourage you guys to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, we're pushing out a lot of new stuff. So we encourage you to be a part of it and just uh, continue listening. Uh, we will have some updates come the new year. So uh, thank you so much, and we'll catch you next time here on Nerd Talk. Nerd Talk.